Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're in a series called Christian Foundations, and we're studying the baptism in the, in the Spirit. Uh, the foundational doctrines are listed in Hebrews 6. He calls them the elementary principles of Christ, and he says they are necessary that we understand these before we, uh, in order to go on to perfection, that is to become mature in Christ. And he then says that the the foundation are these seven doctrines that we're going through in this series. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And uh, we are looking at the doctrine and the teaching of baptisms, and we saw that there are three baptisms. The foundational one is our baptism into Christ, and that happened at salvation that the Holy Spirit uh, baptizes us into Christ and into the body of Christ. And uh, we are born again, and the Spirit of God comes in us. We are made to all drink of one Spirit. And we are connected to Christ, our head, in the body of Christ. And uh, praise God, that's the essential first baptism that we have all had. And uh, as a result of this baptism, we have the Spirit of God within us. And, and we are going to see that there are two, uh, two, two ways in which we receive the Spirit. And the first one is to have the Spirit within us, and the second one is to have the Spirit of God upon us. But the Spirit within us, so all true born-again believers have the Spirit of God within them says in Romans 8, if we do not have the Spirit of God, we, we don't belong to Him. The second uh, baptism is baptism in water, and that's where we demonstrate outwardly uh, by being immersed in water, and that's what baptism means, it means immersion, it's important to know that, uh, by being immersed in water, uh, we are acting out what happened in our baptism in Christ, because as we go into the water is a picture of our old life, an old man, old spirit man dying, in Christ, dead, with, died with Christ. Then under the water, we're buried with Christ. And then as we come up out of the water again, it's we were risen with Christ. So that is the rebirth, the resurrection of our spirit. And now we are born again. But water baptism is a public confession and a testimony of our fact that, that what God has done. And so the baptizer is a man who represents the church and the medium into which we were baptized is water. And then we are now on the baptism in the spirit and uh, which has the purpose of empowering us for ministry. See, when we become a Christian, we actually become, we receive Jesus as our Lord and we commit to following Jesus. And that means we take on his mission. And his mission is the Great Commission, to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And so we need his power to do that. And that's what the baptism in the Spirit is about. That's what the Spirit of God upon us is about. Yes, we've got the Spirit within us. That's wonderful. And that is our connection to God. And that is for our personal walk with God and our holiness with God. And that's how we're under the blessing of God. But we also need the Spirit of God upon us to empower us to do God's work according to our own individual gifts and abilities. And so 
we need as it, just because we've received salvation and we have the spirit of god within us doesn't necessarily mean that we have the spirit of god upon us you see and so um, we we will see that uh, god first of all um the the apostles had this two-stage uh experience because on the evening of the resurrection it says that jesus breathed on them and said to them receive the holy spirit so even on the day of the resurrection they received the holy spirit within them that was now a new thing it was made possible through his death and resurrection and then 50 days later on the day of pentecost they received the spirit of god upon them and so there are two receivings of the holy spirit within and upon and so if we've received Christ, we, yes, we're baptized into Christ and we have the Spirit of God within us, but we also need the Spirit of God to come upon us to empower us to fulfill God's mission, uh, our mission in life, which is His mission, His great commission. Praise God. And so we, uh, this is the baptism in the Spirit. Now, um, praise God. So we started last time by looking at how we see this twofold uh, reception of the Spirit again and again in Scripture. Uh, we saw last time that actually God predicted in the Old Covenant that when the Messiah comes and brings in the New Covenant, the, there would be this promise. It's called the promise of the Father. It's the promise of the blessing of the Holy Spirit being imparted to us in two ways both of which were new. First of all, the Spirit, He would give the Spirit within us. That was a new thing that was prophesied in Ezekiel 36. He says, I will put a new Spirit within you. And He says, I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. So you see, He predicted, see in the Old Testament, they, they, they were spiritually dead. They, you know, they had the law of God, but they couldn't keep it because they couldn't, they didn't have the Spirit within them. That was made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And now we receive the new birth and we have the Spirit within us. And that was prophesied as in Ezekiel 36. But the Old Testament also prophesies a time when not only will the believers have the Spirit within them, but all believers will have the Spirit of God upon them. Now, in the Old Testament, certain prophets and so on had the Spirit upon them, but that wasn't necessarily permanent, uh, but it was an anointing that they received. But only certain special ones had that. But in the New Covenant, Joel prophesies and says, in, it will come to pass afterward, after the coming of the Messiah, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and the spiritual gifts will be released through that pouring out of the Spirit upon all flesh. So he, he, he predicts that all the believers will actually have the Spirit of God upon them. And so there's that dual promise, the Spirit of God within us and the Spirit of God upon us. And this is new to the new covenant. And then we saw that John the Baptist came and he announced the Messiah. And now he is the one who uses this term, the baptism in the Spirit, or the immersion in the Spirit, for the first time. And so his description is, is crucial for 
understanding what the baptism in the Spirit actually is. And he compares it to the baptism in water. He says, uh, for instance, Mark 1.8, I indeed baptized you in water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so he's using the analogy of water baptism for us to understand what it means to be baptized in the Spirit. Because when somebody was baptized or immersed in water, that water covered them. It enveloped them. They were immersed in it. In other words, that water was upon them and surrounded them. So it is, he says, that it will be Jesus himself who will baptize us in the, in the Holy Spirit. That means we'll be immersed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will cover us. The Holy Spirit will be upon us. That is what the baptism in the Spirit, not to be confused with our baptism in Christ at salvation. And that we see this dual outworking also in the life of Jesus. You see, because Jesus was born of the Spirit. He was conceived of the Spirit. Uh, and he had the Holy Spirit within him. And so he lived a perfect life, even before he was baptized in the Spirit, because the purpose of the baptism of the Spirit is different. And so Jesus walked in the Spirit. He, he lived a perfect life as a man through the Holy Spirit. He was set apart to God. But uh, he didn't need the anointing of the Spirit for himself, in other words. He needed that anointing of the Spirit, the Spirit upon him, to empower him to minister for God, to be a witness. And so it was only after he was baptized in the Spirit, that he had the Spirit upon him, that he started doing miracles. Because it says the very first miracle he did was the, the water to wine at Cana. So he didn't do any miracles before his baptism in the Spirit. He didn't have that supernatural empowerment. So we see with Jesus that he had two stages in terms of the Holy Spirit in his life. First of all, he had the Spirit within him, but there, when he was 30 and when he was baptized in water, he was also received the Spirit of God upon him. That was a distinct experience, a separate experience. And he's our example, he's our representative. And so there are two experiences of the Spirit, the Spirit within, the Spirit upon. Let's just read that. It says, it came to pass that Jesus was baptized, and when he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. This is the Spirit upon. He already had the Spirit within him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you're my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And that was God actually authorizing him for the ministry. You are my son. You can represent me. And so he was given authority. And also now he was given the power to fulfill that, that ministry. That's the purpose of the baptism in the Spirit. And um, this is confirmed by John's words. In John 1, it says, John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. Now, when you're baptized in the Spirit, the Spirit comes upon you and he remains upon you. He doesn't go away. Now, the Spirit of God on you can be dormant if you are not walking in, in the reality of that, but he doesn't go away. You have the Spirit upon you. He remains upon you. That's the new covenant experience. It's permanent. Just as the Spirit of God within you is permanent, he abides within us. So when you receive the baptism of the Spirit, you are then permanently, you have the Spirit of God upon you. Uh, but you need to keep the Spirit of God active upon you. 
And then he says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And so what God was telling John is, he, uh, this one that you see get baptized with the Spirit, which Jesus did as his baptism, he now will be the one who will baptize others with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he has the experience and then he is the one who will give that experience to others who follow him, who trust in him, who are in him. And so, therefore, Jesus' baptism is described as the baptism in the Spirit. And Jesus then described his baptism. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and so on. And so he describes it as the Spirit of God being upon him, anointing him, empowering him for ministry. That's what the baptism of the Spirit is for. And so again, we see that Jesus' baptism proves that this baptism in the Spirit is not for your personal holiness. Jesus didn't need that, but it's power for ministry, power to fulfill God's will in the earth, power to be a blessing. Now we see the same thing with the apostles. They had a twofold experience too, because on the evening of the day of the resurrection, he imparted the Holy Spirit to his disciples. He gave them the Spirit within. That's when they were born again. And, and this is actually a beautiful picture of our new birth. Some say this is a symbolic act. No, there's no reason to say that. This was a real impartation of the Spirit. Because he says to them, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He was commanding them to receive the Holy Spirit. And that his breath, as it were, is, this is, his breath is his spirit being imparted to them and they were reborn. And it's just like the original creation of Adam in Genesis 2-7. The Lord God breathed, that's Jesus, he breathed into Adam the spirit of life. And Adam came alive. And now, so it is in the new creation, what actually happens, and Jesus acted it out physically, he breathed on them. He breathed into them the breath of life. And that when you come and you receive Jesus, he breathes into you his spirit and you receive the spirit within and you come alive on the inside. And so he imparted the spirit within on the day of the resurrection. And then he started at that point to prepare his disciples to receive the spirit upon them. That's a different experience. And that happened 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. There was the delay of 50 days because of the need to fulfill the feasts. And so Jesus prepared them. And right at the start of the 40 days, right uh, there in, on the day of the resurrection, he says uh, in Luke 24, he said to them, thus it's written, thus it's necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses of these things. In other words, I've got a calling on your life. You are to be my witness. I've got a job for you to do. You are my witnesses, but you need my power to do the job. So he says, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you the promise of the Spirit, upon you. You need that power. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. And so this, they were already born again, but they were to wait 
Don't get into action yet because you need his power to do his work. And so he says, wait until you are clothed with power, until you are endued with power, until the power comes upon you. And so that happened on the day of Pentecost. That was the baptism in the Spirit. And then he, he gave a similar warning at the end of the 40 days, just before he ascended. It says he showed himself to them for 40 days, preparing them, you see, for what was to come. And it says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. That's the Holy Spirit, which you have heard from me. Yes, they heard of him, heard of that back then uh, 40 days previously and probably during the 40 days too that he is sending the Spirit of God upon them. He says, then he describes it, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he says that this other experience is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Though they had received the Spirit within at the resurrection, they were now going to receive a separate experience called the baptism in the Spirit. And that happened at the day of Pentecost. And just like they were immersed in water in John's baptism, they will be immersed in the Spirit and the Spirit will come upon them and empower them, clothe them. In, those, in the ancient times, the prophet's mantle, his clothing, that he wore upon him was a symbol of his anointing. And so God wants to clothe you with his mantle, with his power to do his mission. And therefore, this mantle releases the, your spiritual gifts. And then it, it confirms that he's talking about the Spirit of God upon them for ministry, in, because in verse 8 he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In other words, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is power to heal, power to witness, power to operate in your gifts. You receive that when the Spirit comes upon you. You must be committed to God's mission. And then ask him for that power. And the power will come upon you and enable you to be his witnesses. And so whatever you do and whatever gifts you move in, the bottom line is that these are all demonstration and things that point to Jesus and glorify Jesus and fulfill that mission of bringing people to Jesus. Praise God. And we see that promise fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, of course. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they're all in one, with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Notice, this is a picture of the Holy Spirit as fire here. And, and although it came upon Jesus like a, like a dove, but here he comes upon them as fire. And again, you don't always see this fire, but in the spiritual realm, the Holy Spirit is like a fire. And so on this occasion, the fire sat upon them. Notice this is the Spirit upon them, the presence of God coming upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so now they were receiving the Spirit upon. But remember, they already had the Spirit within. So for the Spirit 
within to come upon them. The spirit is not coming in a way. It, the spirit is coming from inside them to fill them and to come upon them. And so the spirit is already within us in the new covenant. When we surrender ourselves, our souls and our bodies to do God's will and fulfill his mission, that allows the Holy Spirit to fill us, fill our souls, and also take control of our bodies. And the way he controls our bodies is through our tongue. And so we have to be willing to yield our tongue and it says they began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them the words. And so when we pray in tongues, we are surrendering our tongue to God and we are speaking the words that the Holy Spirit gives us from the inside. And that, in that way, we are submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And so this describes this baptism in the Spirit, and it was evidenced by their speaking in tongues. That was the outward evidence that the Spirit had filled them and had, as it were, had the control of their body through, through their speaking in tongues. But it's the Spirit upon them and then filling them with his power. And then we see the result of that power very quickly. Many, many people start turning to the Lord. And so notice, they spoke in tongues. God never takes a person completely over. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gives you the words, but you have to speak them out. It's a cooperation where you're yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And that allows the power of God to be active upon you as you pray in tongues. So we see the, the experience of the baptism in the Spirit has two complementary aspects, outward and inward. Outwardly, the Spirit comes upon us from, from above. Uh, it surrounds and envelops and in, immerses Him. Uh, but also, since the same Spirit, this is the same Spirit that lives inside us, and that's the difference with the Old Testament, by the way. They didn't have the Spirit within, so they had the Spirit come upon them sometimes, but it was temporary. But because we have the permanent Spirit within, the Spirit upon is the same Spirit who is within us, and therefore, when the Spirit comes upon, that it also happens that we were filled. That happens by being filled by the Spirit within. The Spirit within comes out of our spirit, fills our soul, controls our souls, and comes upon us, even upon our flesh. And so that's why the, to receive the baptism in the Spirit, what is necessary is your surrender of your soul and your body to do God's will, fulfill his mission. Because as you surrender, you allow the Spirit within you to come upon you and to anoint you and to cover you. The Spirit, as it were, wells up within the believer. Just imagine a, a glass that's upside down and put into water. You've got a dual effect. First of all, is surrounded by the water. The, the water is upon the glass, but also the water fills the glass from within. And that's what the baptism in the Spirit is. The, the Spirit filling the soul from within and also covering us without to empower us. And that, the result of it that Jesus described in John 7 was that rivers of living water would flow out of us. You see, the baptism in the Spirit is for others, actually, that we would be able to impart blessing and life to others. Rivers of living water flowing out from us. Praise God.
Well, um, then what they received then was the baptism in the Spirit. And uh, Acts 11 confirms that. It says that when, when uh, the Gentile Pentecost took place in Acts 10, and then Peter is now explaining what happened to the Jews that were a bit skeptical. And he says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as upon us at the beginning. So there's another picture, the Spirit falling upon them. That's the Spirit coming upon them. And it says, it happened to these Gentiles just as it happened to us at the beginning. And the beginning, of course, was the day of Pentecost. That's when they began their ministry. And uh, so the same experience the Jews had at Pentecost, the Gentiles had uh, here in, in Acts 10. And it is, it's described as the Spirit coming upon them. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So now he's telling us that what the Gentiles experienced was the baptism in the Spirit. And that's the same experience that they received on the day of Pentecost, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit coming upon them and filling them. And then we also see the two-stage experience, and we'll, we'll see this next time, with the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. It says that, that Philip preached the gospel to the Samaritans and they were saved and they were baptized, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. That doesn't fit with most people's theology. It says that the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. It says that, uh, and so the apostles had to come and pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now they were already saved, they had the Spirit within them, but only when the apostles came and laid hands on them that they received the Spirit of God upon them. And um, this is a, a clear proof that the baptism in the Spirit is, is a, an experience that is different from and subsequent to salvation when we receive the Spirit of God within us. And it was obvious that they hadn't received the Spirit of God upon them because there was no outward evidence, which was the speaking in tongues. But we'll see that, in fact, once the hands were laid on them, they began speaking in tongues. And so if you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, do seek this experience from God because you need his power to fulfill his mission in the earth. There's a book that fits perfectly with this series on Christian foundations called Growing Up Spiritually. And this is so important that we know the foundational teachings whereby we can grow spiritually. And uh, let me recommend this book. It's, uh, it's, it's not very expensive. Growing Up Spiritually gives you many of the key teachings in this series and, and others too. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.